Hello, and you're all very welcome to the Unsafe Space uh, with me, Keith Redmond. I'm a former Finnegal Counselor and my beloved. Sarah Ryan, I'm a former Fianna Fáil Counselor. And it's been a while since our last confession with you, um, but today we're going to try to catch up on the most recent developments both here in Ireland and of course globally. Uh, finally, there's some things happening. People have come out of lockdown and they've completely lost their minds. So we're going to have a discussion about the uh, upcoming potential programme for government, the three parties all vying for the support of their members, uh, all trying to get into government and get those cushy ministerial posts. Uh, we'll have a chat about the uh, cancel culture um, epidemic, which is rocking the world and has now come to Ireland shores as well in, uh, in the most unlikely of circumstances where the cancel culture is actually attacking the, the right on of the left wing. Um, and we might touch on that little-known uh, thing called the COVID, COVID pandemic if we get a if we get a few minutes. But first of all, the exciting news is that Ireland potentially is going to have a government, an elected government, not a caretaker government, but one that you all voted for. Isn't that right? Well, it's going to be either Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and the Greens or chaos. That's what Leo has us to believe. So we're going to discuss that first. So all three parties have to. Uh, put this to their members uh, in one way or another, but um, we they all have varying degrees of hurdles to get over. So Sarah, perhaps you'd talk us through Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil and the Greens' um, journeys to government. Well, I don't know anything about Fine Gael. That's really <coughs> your circus. Well, Fine Gael is actually the, 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 the sensible one. They're not leaving it to the members at all. Um, their electoral college basically is 50% of the vote is the parliamentary party, 15% of the vote of councillors, 10% of the vote of the national executive, and then they throw the dregs to the membership as a kind of a sop. So I don't think there's any doubt but that Fine Gael will vote to go into government. Um, so that's not really um, a proper vote. I mean, you know, they're, they're kind of sensible. They're keeping but it away why would they vote to go into government when they're on 34%? Oh, not that they want to go into government. That's, that's the next, that's the conspiracy theory I have. But, I mean, they, they will vote to do it because it's, it's just, their electoral college is just too easy to get through. Um, the issue, we'll certainly touch on whether they want to go into government uh, and whether they're secretly praying that the other parties let them off the hook. But let's talk about the mechanics of the other parties first. How does Fianna Fáil vote to go into government or not? Well, obviously it's one member, one vote and all that. Hard to call. I would have said they definitely would vote for it because, well, you know, if you're on 14%, uh, because of the inept management of the party for the last 10 years, you probably don't really have much choice. But um, a lot, the, the, there is a kind of a movement growing within the party. Fairer future, I think. And I'm surprised by some of the people that are telling me they're voting now. I'm surprised by some of the people I'm seeing on Facebook that are voting now. I think they'll still vote to go in, but I think it'll be closer than people think. But why on earth would Fianna Fáil or not want a Fianna Fáil Taoiseach? And as you say, they're on 14%. The alternative is a new election on 14%. You'd want to be insane to vote no, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it's more complicated than that. There's loads of stuff at play here. I think that the membership in Fianna Fáil have been kind of disrespected by the leadership and disregarded for a long time, like 10 years maybe. Like Michal's treatment of people who were, you know, pro-saving the eighth, for example, was pretty contemptuous, I felt. Um, I don't think... I think you know, a leader brings people together, doesn't say my way or the highway. And at the end of the day, 
no matter what way you look at that issue, a third of the country voted no, and a lot of Fianna Fáil members were no voters, and Mihal just alienated them. But and there was a referendum. There was a there was a vote at the Ordash about it, and that vote was a no. It was a successful no vote to repealing the eight, and Mihal just ignored it. So. You know, and he didn't act like a leader should, which was, look, we know this is the way the party's, this is the direction we're going to take and this is why and whatever. He just went from being pro-life himself to pro-choice because it was convenient and politically smart for him to do so and gave two fingers to the membership. And that's just one example. There's tons of examples of smaller, more micro issues over the years. And I just think, like I spoke to somebody the other day, for example, that I was quite surprised by and uh, <coughs> she was voting no. And uh, I was kind of surprised and I said, why are you voting no? And she said, because F you, Miho. Mm. And I think that there's more of that in the party than people think. And so I think it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a yes, but I think it'll be closer. And does Miho not pride himself on democratising the party, giving this one member, one vote thing, where previously they had an electoral college similar to Fine Gael's, which was heavily slanted in favour of the parliamentary party. I mean, he, he empowered the membership, no? He took 20 euro off them all was free to be a member up until then and I don't really know what Mihal prides himself on but um, certainly isn't 14% after 10 years of leadership so I don't really know what it could be it is a bit a bit farcical to see Leo who you know by all accounts has done well in the Covid pandemic 65% approval rating yeah I thought it was 75 but yeah he's on like a very high approval rating as Taoiseach and he's now got to hand over the reins to somebody who's on 14%. It's going to look silly and for Mihal coming out into the plinth, I Mihal's think. Mihal's going to come out into the plinth and then, what, a month, six weeks later, take away people's COVID payments and head into a budget that has to start thinking about paying for all this. Like, uh, you know, it's literally cringe-tastic. So I think a lot of people feel... Like, I would have always, and we said this on the podcast at the start, I would have been in favour of a national government. I think that the COVID... The, you know, the whole thing gave the perfect example. Like voters didn't vote for five years of this. They voted like they voted on the assumption that things were like continuing largely as they expected them to. They didn't vote on the assumption or, you know, on the basis of a global pandemic and the financial ramifications of that. So I would have been in favour of one year national government, the best and the brightest of all of the main parties, one year, then an election. Nobody gets the benefit. Nobody gets the blame of that year. And everybody... um goes into that election you know with laying out their own stall and I would have been in favour of replacing Mihal immediately yeah well I mean the, the next party then and this is where it all kind of gets tied together the next party really I think is going to be the one that makes it or breaks it obviously because they've got the har- highest hurdle to jump the Greens so the Greens need two thirds of their members to vote uh, through a programme for government and that is an enormous um bar to hit especially in a party that is let's face it as ideological as the greens um i have a i have a funny feeling that there are a lot of senior finnegalers who are praying that the greens don't pass this is that funny feeling based on actual conversations with people it, it may it may be it may be sarah you may have an inside track on that information i don't necessarily want to share in the podcast a funny feeling I have based a funny, on actual conversation funny feeling with some senior fine gailers <laughs> but um but the opposite i think will be true in fianna Fáil. i think they're they're praying that the greens vote this through because the last thing they want the senior guys is is an election on 14%. Yeah, I think Fianna Fáil, if there's a general election, Fianna Fáil's going to lose 10 seats at least. 
They be, see, they become kind of irrelevant. There is no but narrative. Whose fault is that? But there is no narrative. Well, this is the point. And the, the problem is that they go into another election with Hall and the same posters in Ireland for all. I mean, it's getting oh, to the... Oh, smoking ban! I mean, the smoking ban, remember that in 2092? I mean, like... It's getting to the stage now, well, it's way past the stage, if you ask me, but it's certainly getting to the stage and obvious to everybody that Hall is a busted flush now at this point. So it's make or break. It was like, him. let's make him Taoiseach. Look, this is the th- my theory on Fianna Fáil. Grant, I wanted a national government. That's not an option anymore. I'm not, I'm not in favour of going in with Sinn Féin. Never in the history of the state, as far as I know, has any party improved their approval rating by going into government. So here's the decision. Take your pasting now or take your pasting later. And take your pasting now and then let, the, let another government be formed from that general election that doesn't include you. Have a new leader, rebuild, renew, and go into the next general election after that stronger. Or take your pasting later, after two years of Michal being Taoiseach, like, and who knows what happens to you. And Sinn Féin have had two years of being the main opposition party and absolutely eating your dog food every single day of the week while you implement measures like, you know, tax increases, or whatever and don't have the money to deliver on any of the things you said you you would like that's the decision i've spoken to people who are like oh, i'm a yes voter because like i'm voting yes to fianna fall going in because you know maybe fianna fall will have the opportunity to to do some of the things and approve some of the things i just don't see it i don't think fianna fall has shown like that it had some terrible like terribly amazing ability in that last general election and i just don't think that there's the money to deliver on a lot of things like unless you're borrowing large 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 amounts of money this business of we're just going to build loads of houses how's that working but do you not think seeing a Fianna Fáil Taoiseach and Fianna Fáil ministers around a cabinet table gives Fianna Fáil credibility and legitimacy again it, it makes people see them as the you know a government and then, and then therefore a future potential government and in, in at base level relevant they're they're relevant if they don't go into government, they're going to be not even the main opposition party. They're going to be a third party in the doll and becoming more and more irrelevant. Well, they might be the main op- I mean, <clears throat> you wouldn't know like what would happen in a general. I think, I mean, they're, they're 10 points or more behind no, every but, poll for, for Fine Gael. No, no. Or sorry, for Sinn Féin. Okay, but if and Sinn, 20 for Fine Gael. But if Sinn Féin and like, if there's another general election and Fine Gael do really well, you know... Sinn Féin could have to end up doing a conference and supply with Fianna Gael or something. It never happen. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I don't know. Anyway, the point is, relevance, like, do you know what I mean? I just, I think it's, you're getting into very choppy waters. Relevant. Le- relevancy is great. The man who comes and takes my wallet, steals my wallet, is pretty relevant. That doesn't mean I like him. Mm. Like, Look, at the end of the day, this is not really, let's face it, let's be honest here, it's not really about Fianna Fáil. This is all about you know, make me hold Taoiseach. I mean, that's basically the entire the entire party now is just about they'll sacrifice their their principles, their policies, their election manifesto, whatever, so that Mihal can be Taoiseach. And I think that's wrong. Well, of course it's wrong because it's I mean it sells the soul. Eamon O'Queeve is right on that one. I mean, it does sell the soul of Fine Gael to whoever the buyer will be at the cheapest price. But at the end of the day, and there's let's a lot say, of people who think like John McGurk wrote a really good article about it the other day where he said. Over years, everybody always said that Mihal would be the first Fianna Fáil leader to never be Taoiseach. And now he might be the last Fianna Fáil leader to be Taoiseach. Yeah. No. And like, I'll take Mihal never being Taoiseach over Fianna Fáil getting obliterated any day. But I don't think Mihal would. This is, this is the, this is the but point. But then, then, like, people should be voting no. Yeah, well, I think 
you know, if we look at it from Michal's point of view, Michal is in the last chance saloon. If the Greens don't vote to put him in as Taoiseach, he is immediately looking behind him because yeah. the Fianna Fáil are not going to want to go into an election in three or four weeks after that with Michal as a leader again. So there has to be movement. You'd imagine there has to be movement in the background or plan B by somebody who's going to take him out very quickly so that they have a new leader going into uh, the next election, say, three, four weeks later. But the question is, do they have They're enough time? They're not going to be able to do that, though, because it has to be ratified and all that. Like, it, it, okay, if the, when's the voting on Friday? Friday, this is coming Friday the 26th, yeah. Yeah, so if the votes all got counted and it was a no from the Greens saying the whole thing collapsed, would Leo not just go straight up to the park? He would, but Michael D mightn't necessarily give him the election. It's Michael D's decision. And it might be a situation where Sinn Féin makes some noises, uh, loud enough noises, that you know it's their turn to have a go at, at putting together a government. And remember us, we were the ones who won the last one. And Michael D, you owe us a few weeks to see if we can do it. And those few weeks might be the few weeks that saves Fianna Fáil from having to go into another election with, with Michal. You know, I think it's a complete ruse because I don't think Sinn Féin either have any intention of going into government nor uh, would they be able to. But I think Michael D being the... Uh, being the, the, the socialist that he is would love the idea of, of uh, some kind of socialist left-wing government pulling it, pulling it together. Um, so I don't think that Leo will be able to trigger an election straight away. But it's just like, so if Michael D says no, I mean, this is already the longest period of time, am I right? Mm, yeah. Where yeah. there hasn't been an, a, a, a government formed. So if he says no and off you go for a few weeks, yeah, you're becomes... getting into kind of like... Well, if the Taoiseach has gone up to the president, if the Taoiseach has gone up to the president twice and resigned twice, and still has to stay in office against his will, it, it, it is getting farcical. You know, it really is getting farcical. Um, but the Greens, back to the Greens. So I absolutely don't believe the Greens are going to vote this through in a, for a two-thirds uh, majority. I just don't see it happening. There are too many of the flakes already coming out against. Explain your reasoning. Right. Well, first of all, NASA Hurricane, who's a TD for the Greens, one of the negotiating. Uh, team for the Greens sat for five weeks negotiated the programme for government and then came out two days later and said she was voting against us um, the chairman of their party Hazel Chu who is a councillor in Dublin City she has come out against it um, Patrick Costello who is a TD has come out against it um, Catherine Martin's husband uh, who is a TD whose name I have tragically forgotten um, <laughs> he is also come out against it she also was on the negotiating committee or the negotiating team for five weeks Negotiating it, so that must be an interesting conversation at the dinner table. I can't sense Catherine Martin's enthusiasm for this. No. I really can't sense it. She is, I think she's kind of, I think she's acting pretty dishonourably the last few weeks. Um, both They're the, having a leadership vote on the same day, aren't I they? I know they are, and I think, that's, I think that's on her mind. I think she wants to be the leader, and she's trying to ride two horses at the same time. Um, I don't sense her enthusiasm for this. Um, I think that there, I mean, there's other... Councillors have come out against it. There's a very vocal guy called Peter Kavanagh, and he's come out against it. Um, so really, two thirds of their party have to come up against this. The other thing to bear in mind is about two thousand seven hundred odd of their members have registered to vote for this. They only had seven hundred members up to a few years ago. They've had an influx of two thousand or more members, generally very young members, and a lot of them are connected to this so-called extinction rebellion. They are highly ideological people, not prone to compromise or pragmatism. And <laughs> or sense. Or common sense or rationality or the real world. 
So I, I really don't think they're going to get those loony bags voting for this in big numbers. So I can't see a path to victory for Eamon Ryan. And also, he's been very quiet. Yeah, he I mean, has. He's been extremely quiet. He's going quiet. around fighting a membership election or a leadership election. Yeah, but he's not going around on radio and TV pushing for this program for government. He's not talking to the members pushing for program for government. Yeah, he seems to have disappeared. But if you've got so few members, surely you can run a campaign where you contact them individually. He could call them. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I don't know if the calls are going out, but he is so quiet. But his job really is to be a figurehead for the party and for the further program for government. And be out in the media talking them, talking to them and the rest of the country, and he's just gone missing. He's gone completely missing. Um, so I would be very pessimistic about fin- about uh, the Greens' chances of passing that, and I think there will be high fives and corks popping in Finnegan headquarters if that happens, because they're on thirty five percent in the polls, their leaders on 70 percent approval rating, and they would murder an election right now. Um, and then even if even if Mickey D says no and they go back It even if there was a government cobbled together by Sinn Féin and somebody else or whatever that still suits Fine Gael totally suits Fine Gael they become the main opposition party and it's just and the whole thing will fall apart after six months so yeah. then they, they'll get an overall majority or something. oh yeah <coughs> so, no, it's all I don't know I mean people I talk to seem to be confident that the Greens are going to pass it but they're Fianna Fáil people and they might just be wishful thinking. They're super wishful thinking. I can't see it at all. I really can't. I don't think they're even... They may not even get 50%. They may not even get an ordinary majority. But they're certainly not going to get a two-thirds majority. So you're willing to bet? I am. How much? I'm willing to bet €50 euro of your hard-earned money against €50 euro of my hard-earned money. And we can all go to a restaurant then again with this money. <laughs> what restaurant? It's opening. They're coming. They're coming back. The 29th, they're coming back. Okay, so I'll bet you 50 euro they are going to pass it. Okay, grand. Okay, you folks. You heard it here for, for There it is. The 50 euro bet is on. Um, I hope they don't, because I just think that we need to, Fianna Fáil, unfortunately, just needs to lance this sitch and get rid of Mihal and start rebuilding from there. Mm. But, but I mean, if they if they get rid of Mihal, I mean, he's not going to just go willingly, so he's going to have to be executed. Um. <laughs> Will he be executed prior to the election or will they go in with the election and let the election execute him? Well, that would depend, I think. If, excuse me. If Leo went straight up to the park and Michal, or Michael D accepted his yeah. resignation, there wouldn't be enough time. As far as I know, like you'd have to get a membership vote. There are Members of Fianna Fáil have to ratify the parliamentary party elect, but membership have to ratify something like that. So... I don't think there'd be enough time and I think mm. they would just have to go in with Mihal and they'd probably go in with an Ireland for All as a slogan again which boils which they wouldn't have time really, for new posters really grinds my gears <laughs> and uh, so we ran a shite campaign I tell you what I've got a good idea let's run it again and but they did uh, run it again that was the second time I know and that, I know third time's the <laughs> charm um, but um, there'll be people that I really really rate and really really like that I would be really concerned about their seats and mm. I will be watching and very much hoping that they hang in there. Yeah, like we know some younger Fianna Fáil TDs in particular, you know, good people and, a, and I would And worked very hard and long to get yeah, there. Yeah, a long time to get there and it would be a little fearful for them, all right. Um, but if your par- party's on 14%, you're, you're in deep doo-doo, especially if you got the last seat last time. Um, yeah, like loads of Fianna Fáil seats. If people are, you know, that way inclined or interested, 
you know, go on to Elections Org or actually the RTE website does a really good kind of count. Um, you know, they, they do those infographics to kind of show the count. Oh, you'll as they're progressing. Yeah. Mm. You'll see that on the last count, loads of Fianna Fáil TDs were within two or three hundred euro, three or three hundred euro, two or three hundred votes. That was the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> two or three hundred votes of a Fianna Gaelic. Yeah. Jim O'Callaghan with Kate O'Connell. Yeah. Um, oh, they're Rock and Paul McAuliffe, Cormac Devlin and what was his name, your man? Your Fianna Gael? Oh, Barry Ward. Barry Ward. Yeah. Loads. Yeah. And there's others. Um, so that would be a massive concern. But you see, the thing is that like, I suppose then you can say, well, why would you not be interested in going into government? I think that... You're taking you're in favour of taking your kicking early. I'm ta- in favour of taking my kicking early. What I'm also in favour of is if you kick this to touch and you kick it out by three by two years, me also the shook for two years, like, you know, maybe the government collapses a year later, right, three years. You're getting precariously close to local elections then. And local elections are supposedly breeding grounds for young talent in Fianna Fáil. And not all of the young talent has been, like, Choice. discouraged and pushed away by no. Miho. And so if the party gets a hockeying in the local elections first and then there's a general election or in and around the same time, the succession plan for Fianna Fáil is pretty abysmal because it's been slowly degraded for 10 years. And so, you know, and also like there's people, you know, who are really good councillors who'll lose or people who are just elected as TDs who'll lose. And like entire political careers that are 20 years will be wasted by all of this. There are people who, you know, say they got elected in... They got elected the first one after 2011. What was that? 16. So they got elected in 16. They got re-elected by the skin of their teeth in 20, right? Mm. So now they've got two terms. Like, another term or two, you know, you go into this two-year thing, they might lose their seat after that, or they might, you know lose their, like but like at the end of the day like their entire political career is taken up by 10 years in opposition you know or whatever like it's just mm. it's just a lot of like there's also and we, around really and pa- like and waiting for this and waiting for that and then going into a ridiculous uh like arrangement with Fina Gale because Michal wants to be leader and then maybe losing your seat and having to work to get it back again or you know whatever 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 but like at the end of the day and by the way another thing that really grinds my gears about the whole thing is the way people who are in each party who are in favour of the programme for government act as if the programme for government is, is, a, is a crystal ball of things that's going to happen like let's reflect on the pr- programme for government of the last government and see how much of that stuff actually happened it's a wish list but look we should really talk about that that program for government, the PFG, that PFG was like after five weeks of negotiation, was the most wishy-washy, vacuous, Crap. undetailed blamange of nonsense. There was nothing in it that made me go, "Oh, they're going to do this. They're going to do this. They're going to do." This. It was all we plan to do that. We will look at a reform of this. We will review that. I mean, nothing was action items. It was all just kicking to touch on everything, which made me realise they actually couldn't agree on no, huge things. it was things. just like, let's get into government. And yeah. No, I don't believe a word of it. Like, F- But five weeks? Why did it take five weeks to get to that point? It would make... It was the same as the Memorandum of, of Understanding. Yeah, that, that was another... That was another cringe-tastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PF, PFG, BFG, B, BFS, BS, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Big load of shite. Like, just nothing. You know, uh, like, 
memorandum of understanding program people are like oh it's wonderful the program for government says that there's going to be it, I'm, I'm i'm voting yes to this program for government because it says that there's going to be um you know pizza for everyone or you know it's going to spend loads of money on domestic violence or it's going to do this or it's going to do that it's probably not okay mm. well i mean if the greens went in and said like our red line is a seven percent reduction in emissions every year for the full duration of it and that's our red line and at the bottom line and we are ideological and that's it and at the end of it all they didn't get that they got a thing saying over 10 years i.e five years beyond this current government we'll eventually get to those targets and uh we got very little in the first five years because we've got to do all this planning and stuff and they took that which is why I don't think they're going to pass it because their members are looking at that thinking that's an absolute swindle by Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, which it is. And they're looking at that saying, we didn't even get that. And the Greens are like, oh, you just have to trust us. They do not, they're not going to trust Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael over a 10 year period with emissions. They're just not. And so. also I thought that climate change was really urgent. It's not that urgent five it's, years later. No, Greta told us we're all going to be dead in nine yeah, years. I thought we were going to be dead soon. If, if, if you actually believe that there's a nine year time limit on this surely five years is pretty critical well you mean you got a party i mean you only got four left then yeah i don't know i i just think like it's aspirational and that's lovely and that's great but at the end of the day actually i don't think it is because aspirational would mean that's actually genuine i think it's completely disingenuous i don't think that half that stuff they even mean to mean to try so i don't think it's aspirational at all they don't aspire to it well you're more cynical than me for once yeah but I don't think like most of it is going to happen and I also think that like you know we should be more honest and agree that like nobody really knows what the shape of the finances is going to look like a year from now because (coughs) we've spent so much money and we don't know you know how it's going to get paid back and you know blah 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 blah. like what's is this going to be a recession are we going to be plunged into a depression nobody really knows so coming out with a programme for government that talks about building this and, and doing that and rolling out this and rolling out that it's all fantasy yeah and it's not enough of a reason to you know vote your party into potentially getting absolutely obliterated in the next election so we both agree you for Fianna Fáil reasons me for Fianna Gael reasons we both agree that what the country needs is a new election mm, yeah. yeah and I think You're, but that's it like because you know you want it because Fianna Fáil are going to get it do really well or Fianna Gael are going to do really well and I want it because Fianna Fáil are going to do really badly really badly in the <laughs> short term but better in the long term yeah 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 well I mean I just think that there, that last election is null and void in the context that the Covid epidemic happened a month later so I mean all has changed and changed utterly so the notion that that was a mandate for anything at post-Covid is nonsense um, I think and that's ha- reflected in the polls yeah you have to let the polls you know, after COVID, manifest in an election to understand what the people want now, as opposed to what people wanted in February. Um, so, <clears throat> I think that the Greens are going to save the day here. They're going to um, vote no, and then we're all going to get the election that we all so richly deserve and want. And uh, and then we'll see what happens next. Uh, another round of coalition. Well, building. I mean, then we'll get into the situation where I'm never, ever, ever disappointed by Fine Gael's ability to make an absolute balls there's, of an there's election. There's no party so in the world that can do it better. They'll go in on 34% and they'll be like, what's, is there any cuts or anything we could do? What's that? What's happening? Can we, can we, how can we annoy people? Let's get water meters into their houses while during the election. 
So well, I'll, call for the call for God Save the Queen to be the new national anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then they'll they'll say that you know blind widows don't need any uh, electricity Money. because they don't need to turn the lights on. And so they'll do something. They'll yeah. do that. You can absolutely rely on them to say or do something in an election to collapse by f- at least 10, 10 points. But nobody can steal uh, steal vic- steal defeat from the jaws of victory like Fine Gael in an election. But I'd be hopeful that even they would find it difficult to implode in in just three weeks after COVID. Um. So it'll become an election again about. Versus like Fine Gael versus Sinn Fein. Sinn Fein will have to be awoken from her deep, deep slumber that she's been in for the last three. Or Sinn Fein, did I say Sinn Fein? Yeah, Sinn Fein. Sinn Fein yeah. will yeah, have yeah. to be awoken. Nobody's from, heard from them. From her deep, deep slumber that she's been in for the They've last. They've been in three lockdown. And um, uh, they've been on a ventilator. Maybe I don't know, but <laughs> they uh, they need to be woken up now. And uh, so the election will be. Fine well, Mary Lou said that she's going to be Taoiseach. So it'll be an election of Sinn Fein versus Fine Gael. You reckon? Yeah, that's the narrative. Think the Greens are going to get wiped out. Yeah, I think the Greens are going to get the pacing they deserve. It's going to go from twelve down to about three or four, I'd say. Really? Ah, yeah, good, good clatter. So half them, half them are only councillors about twenty minutes. I mean, they, they, a lot of them are only in politics less than a year. I mean, it's crackers that they're even TDs. That's mental. Yeah. Imagine <clears throat> if they all just like, like just get a hockeying. But who benefits from the f- Green vote? Fine Gael. They're all middle class votes. They're all middle class votes. They're all woke and and kind of uh, you know the yummy mummies who kind of feel as though they've no problems in the world and they, they're out to self actualize by being the change they want to see and all this nonsense. Um, so they've given them their votes and then they realise now how flaky they are. So they're just gonna so go back to Finnegan. So what they were they were elected as councillors. A lot of them elected as councillors for the first time last May. Twenty nineteen. Mm. And then, so there's May, June, July, August, September, October, January, February. Then they became TDs in the February. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. And then they'll be gone. And they won't be councillors or TDs. <laughs> How was your year? Crap. <laughs> a busy year and a short political yeah. career. Um, but the problem is that the exact reasoning you're thinking of for Greens is the reasoning that people might give for not voting for Fianna Fáil. Like, what's the point? There's no relevance, no. They're, 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 they can't have a narrative in this. I mean, Leo's gone out saying, reward me for what we did in the COVID ep- pandemic, and you don't want Sinn Féin and government, we're the only ones who won't do it. But also not just reward me, but to be fair, and credit where credit's due, and, you know, notwithstanding the <coughs> bizarre quotes from films and speeches, mm. um, they did an okay job, like they did. You know what I mean? They, mm. they, they, they handled it well. And so now there's a kind of a feeling, I suppose, of looking at it and going, well, if there's going to be a, a, a depression or a recession or, you know, all of that good stuff, maybe I do want Fine Gael to be in charge. Like, as, as pa- is always the way. Pascal is really good. Yeah, as um, is always the way. I wasn't a fan of Simon Harris at all, but he did a pretty good job as health. Did, in fairness, um, yeah. And Leo did a good job. And he was mm. a steady hand and he, and he communicated with the country in mm. Ireland, you know, in terms of our... European counterparts we did pretty well out of this whole thing we mm. we stayed at home we did the you know and, no, and it speaking worked. to people of all political hues genuinely I mean I've spoken to Sinn Féin voters Labour voters like independent you know Fianna Fáilers even like they all said that Leo did well so hence the reason he got this 70% you know approval rating now that's not going to last in an election obviously but at the same time if he's getting that kind of support what that means is, I think, you'll see an awful lot of transfers coming to Fine Gael mm. candidates. 
So And they're the key in those last seats. That's the key for the last seats. So that's where they start picking up second seats and constituencies. Uh, and that's when you start becoming a government. Um, so they could come back with 60, 65 seats, I think. And then really all they need is their old friends and Labour and a few independents. Uh, and none of this nonsense. But I mean, Labour are pretty irrelevant in a general election. If there's a general election in a month, mm. like who's voting for Labour? Labour has this kind of base, base core vote, whatever it is, 4%, 5%. But they always pick up a half a dozen seats, no matter how unpopular they are. So if, if Labour, I mean, they've got their new leader now in AK-47, Alan, Alan Kelly. He's oh obviously God, be, I forgot about him. Yeah, but he's going to be much more noisy and vocal and visible in an election. He will be. It's just the nature. I, I literally forgot he was the leader. I know, I know. They, when did that happen again? They're fairly irrelevant now, in fairness. Uh, they ran a very long yeah. um, campaign to try and get a bit of a, a bump. Uh, Aon went up against Alan Kelly. It was all very fractious. There's only four of the TDs. But anyway, the, the, nobody cared. Um, God, really? Like, nobody cared? <coughs> I literally forgot that even happened. I mean, Did that happen during lockdown? I think, you know, I don't read newspapers so much anymore, but I'd say if I read a newspaper, it'd be on, like, page 17. Yeah. You know? Um, so you think Alan Kelly in the election would be all, like, jumping up and down and screaming like he was when he got elected that weird time? He'll be speaking directly to the civil service saying, look, when this, you know, we won't allow Fine Gael to impose austerity policies on the public sector, we're going to defend the unions, we're going to do... And he'll pick up a bit of a few votes there from the public so sector. So he'll basically run a campaign that's kind of like, we're going to be the smaller dog in this government. Yeah, and we're going to make we're going to protect the public sector, the unions, and blah blah. Yeah, yeah. that's what they'll do. They'll I'd go rather, to their base. I would. I don't know. I cannot imagine voting for Labour. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where we are. Anyway, I think we've talked that election thing. To well, death. so we have a fifty euro bet. We'll we'll discuss next week. Yeah, we'll when see we, when we when we find out. We'll now, go on, go on your hobby horse there about cancel culture because you're acting fantastic. Because you're acting as if cancel cancel culture has just arrived in Ireland. No, no, I'm not saying it's just like, arrived. I'm saying it's it's now turning on itself. It's we've fantastic. Kevin Myers and we've cancelled George Hook. And we've cancelled oh yeah, no, but you see, Kevin Myers and George Hook were on the right, and so cancel culture being directed at you know people on the right in Ireland has always been de rigueur always been fashionable um, but now they're turning on themselves they're turning eating themselves alive so uh, for those who don't know there's, there's this massive thing going on, on Twitter at the moment where um, it started with a comedian I have which to by admit, the way doesn't mean it's actually real no, or, this, this, or massive in well, this, life this, this is just big on Twitter but, a bit like Keith oh, thanks a minute babe um, but the it started off with this comedian who I have to admit I never heard of, but he was a guy called Davy Riley, and um, he is the main booker of um, the Cellar, the Comedy Cellar, and all that kind of stuff. So he's big. He's a big deal in the comedy scene. But more important than that, he's Mister Woke. He's the guy who was coming out wearing his repeal T-shirts and his repeal hats, and you know, uh, campaigning for repeal and campaigns for you know refugee rights and campaigns. All he's, he's absolutely on point with all the woke issues and uh, now he's just been outed as some kind of um, some kind of lecherous no, he's a scumbag like. well he, allegedly he's, he's quite Sorry, lecherous he's alleg- no I mean he's admitted it in fairness he has admitted on Twitter that a lot of it is he said is mostly true um, and then he blamed um, you know his personality defects and he said he's gone to therapy and all that kind of stuff it's, the, it's kind of akin to the American politician saying he's you know he's going into therapy and he's gonna you know get better from his sex addiction and whatever so this is the, the gist of what's happening. But as a result, Twitter has turned on loads of other 
woke um, celebrities. So there's um, a famous singer who's now trending on Twitter, who apparently is um, got Harvey Weinstein esque in um, instincts. Um, there's other comedians that are being outed. There's actors being committed, all of whom have one thing in common. They were all big wokesters. Um, so they were all doing their their uh, sing songs for the homeless, taking over buildings in the city centre not too long ago, um, trying to um, force the government into making change in homelessness and uh, direct provision and all of these things. And it turns out there that the, the Harvey Weinstein thing has been has been under the surface in the left as well. So it's fascinating to watch cancel culture turn on the left because they really they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know whether they should be just as angry or angrier or. <laughs> but, um, so that's what's going on at the moment in Ireland. Hmm, that's kind of interesting. But I mean, oh, I don't know. I mean, people are getting called out, and then people are coming up, and I've seen a few stories on Twitter: this person and that person, and this politician, and unnamed this and unnamed that, and. I don't know. It makes me a bit nervous because I think that it can ruin somebody's life. It could destroy people's lives. Like one tweet that's not but necessarily true. But you see, this this hashtag I believe our, her. That's you know? what our courts are for. Well, hashtag I believe her. You know, trust women, all that stuff. You can't be saying that they're lying. Um, it's their lived experience, as they I'm say. Not saying anybody's lying. I'm just saying there's a there's an outlet there's an outlet for these kind of things, and it's not Twitter. Yeah, no, I mean, really what we're seeing here is just being burned at the stake again. I mean, th- there's nothing really new under the sun. All of this stuff is just, I mean, what I call secular blasphemy. I mean, we're, we're looking at people, they have a new pulpit. Instead of priests from the pulpit, we now have uh, pe- people on social media accounts and they, you know, decry people and condemn people in public and then they get the mob to go after them and they get ostracized. And I mean, this is all stuff that was done, you know, hundreds of years ago by social conservatives and the right is now being done by social alleged liberals social authoritarians they're not liberals at all um, on the left so I mean it's just secular blasphemy is what's happening but it is fascinating to see it being turned on itself now uh, which I hope will just ease it alive yeah I don't know I'm just in favour of I'm pretty right wing about my views on law and order and you know in order to get um you know, higher conviction rates for sexual assaults and for people who commit, you know, these kind of acts. Um, you don't do it on Twitter because you undermine the judicial process and you undermine a case, a future case, and um, you 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 take the right. Yeah, but a lot of this they're not even claiming is illegal. They're claiming it's immoral in their eyes. So the new morality is that you know it doesn't matter that. Uh, a sexual act for example was consensual if it was done you know duplicitously so in other words you didn't tell them that you also had you were also had two other girlfriends or you didn't tell them you know, that this is what you have to be you know shamed for and, and destroyed yeah I don't for. know like you it's know. kind of it's a kind of a nervous subject because it's just like there's so much backlash but at the end of the day like being an asshole isn't a crime no it's not a crime but they are just I mean, outing got, the assholes like, but okay but guys like there's lots of guys out there who've been getting away with murder for years treating women really poorly Mm. using and abusing girls you know whatever and then some of the stuff that i've seen on twitter in the last few days is about keeping photos and blackmailing them and that's a crime like yeah well that's a crime and rightly so and these people should should be punished for that or whatever but uh, like calling people out for bad behavior is all very well but 
I don't know. I just think the whole thing makes me nervous for both for both people because I think that it can it can stop women from getting you know their day or due process or whatever justice and just mm. and real justice. Twitter justice is not real justice, no. and um, you know like loads of women writing "I believe you, hon" underneath your post is is nice and everything, but it's not justice. And it doesn't protect another woman from having something similar happen to her by the same guy. So the whole thing just doesn't sit right with me. It never has. I hate the mob mentality on Twitter. I hate when people all jump on something. And I think that lives and careers have been ruined um, by things which I think we will look back later and say were... I'm talking about, you know, the likes of George Hook or the likes of Kevin Myers or whatever. By things that we will look back and say were nonsense well i mean the reason we have developed a, a justice system a, a, a legal system whether it be civil or criminal the reason we have those things is to prevent the mob rule and to prevent the the lynchum mentality but social media has reintroduced that and has empowered that again um so i think we will have to unfortunately learn the hard way all over again why that's a bad thing mm-hmm. um what else would you like to discuss petal tell me you're the one who's on twitter all the time seeing all the facts about the world covid19 how's that working out for you well it turns out that we defeated covid19 sorry finnegale defeated covid19 and um it is now roundly destroyed i think today there were zero deaths and four new cases or something um so that's a pretty pretty good suppression. Look, the fact is that this is a thing that's been passing through, it has passed through, and it may rear its head again. It might be a, who knows? We don't really know enough about it. It might be a seasonal thing. Maybe the heat is, is zapping it. Um, we don't know enough about it to know what the story is yet. But at the moment, with very it's few people coming, world, in, very yeah. few people coming in from other countries, from very few countries Irish who are visiting and coming back from. Uh, we seem to have suppressed it within our own community quite well. Uh, we now know the vulnerable groups, so we could target our efforts on protecting them. Um, and our health system is far more alert, and I'd like to think more agile and ready to go for something like this. And you'd like to think, you'd like to think that the HSE has got some kind of testing and contact tracing system set up. Not 100% confident in that, but you'd like to think they have. So. I'm, I'm hopeful that this is not going to recur. I'm hopeful there won't be a so-called second wave. But I know you're not. You're, you think there will be, don't you? Yeah, I just... Well, look, I'm not a, an expert by any means, but I just find it difficult to believe, realistically, how there's not another wave in a couple of months, if it's still out there. And it's spiking. I like play, part, States in America are having some of their biggest days at the moment. And those flights are coming in or when they start to come in, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, it's going to be million, back. A million cases in Brazil. A million cases in Brazil. So, but it, it does seem to move from east to west. I don't understand that. No, yet nobody really understands that yet. But it seems to have, be, have moved, started in the east, obviously, and then it seems to just move west. And now it's passed us by, and the cloud has gone to the states, and now the cloud has gone to South America, and it's it's kind of a strange animal. This. The answer is we don't know. We'll mm. have to wait and see. But I just have a feeling like if I was to put it this way, I wouldn't be booking anything major in my life in kind of November. You know, yeah. I think that there's a very strong possibility um, that 
this comes back that cases start to spike whatever 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 and um well the problem is the flu, the normal flu season yeah is going to start kicking in in october november and everybody who catches it is going to think they have COVID 19 so it's going to cause mass panic um and and also mass absenteeism from work because they're all going to be told to self-isolate in case they've got it so this is why the, the testing and contact tracing is going to be absolutely vital um, come, come the normal flu season, just to prevent the normal flu from shutting down the country. Anyway, we'll just have to wait and see, and we'll also have to wait until next week to see who gets the 50 euro. Well, next week's going to be exciting because we will know if we're going to have a government, if we're going to have an election. 19 wipes out the entire government formation talks, or the government formation talks are ended and they wipe out COVID-19. One has to kill the other eventually, right? Two competing boring interests. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. This has been The Unsafe Space and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.